0: podcast contains explicit language really explicit language
1: listeners of this show should be advised that we will deal with a cult that has certain ideas that are um
0: they're fucked paulina yeah they're really fucked we'll be dealing with all the ist oughts, and ites
1: racists bigots anti-semites misogyny certainly and ooh, eugenics kicking it old school with eugenics
0: Certainly a very old way to be racist. But you've got to remember, MGTOW and everything we're talking about is a cult. Uh, No matter what they say, nothing they say is real. And we love you.
1: We absolutely love you. Thank you for coming along on the ride. And we're sorry already.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A clip coming up later in the show.
1: Are you exhausted from constant nightmares about the matriarchy and how men might be treated like factory farm cattle and milked for their sperm?
0: What you are about to hear is the hashtag cult podcast. What is a hashtag cult? Hashtag cults are groups that signal membership by using a hashtag or keyword. This allows the group to operate on many different sites and makes them difficult to pinpoint. They use the hashtag model to spread propaganda on a variety of social media platforms without having a central account. This is usually because their ideas are offensive or their methods of communicating are abusive and border on website policy violations. In this show, We will show you the coercive groups and cults hiding in plain sight on the internet. So, so people see <laughs> what we're like. Um, so who are you?
1: Okay. My name is Tony Naj, and I am a comedian above all things. I'm a comedian.
0: Yeah. You are a filmmaker as well. I think, I think that's fair to say.
1: Yes. And yeah. I'm also a writer. I'm a yeah. compulsive writer.
0: Really? That sounds, do you, do you take medication for that? What? Tony and I made a sketch. Uh, one of the things we're trying to do here is make the, the the topic of cults approachable so that people will be interested in a non-morbid way. Um, called, I think Troll Control is the name of it? Troll, c- troll Control! Troll Control! Troll Control! Troll Control! Troll control. Well, we should have added more of those. Maybe we'll add them. More like Troll Control. That's pretty scary. I love that. It's like, it's,
1: I, I, it's, that's what drives me crazy. I, I, it's just the lack of curiosity about the female experience.
0: It's fascinating too, because we've posed this question about the way that um, these groups hide in plain sight. And they'll give these defenses that are along the lines of, I'm just sharing my opinions. And so one of the things that, that, that I've, I've often wanted people to ask of them is, someone says, you know, in this defiant way. Well, I can't share my opinion about women. What if I said no? What if I said no? You're not really allowed to share your opinions about a group at large. What if I told you like, no, like you should be listening to what their thing is, not sharing your opinions. Like there's even this, this long leash of misogyny and like, I'm just sharing my opinion about women. And it's like, okay, but not really an educated opinion, first of all. And then second of all, not really a sensitive one. And then third of all, I'm not sure your opinion about women matters. So if I'm just, you know, at a baseline, I think that we could ignore it because it's not, it's not, you know, what that's one of the defenses we hear. Well, can I just share my opinion about women? It's like, n- no. What, what, if, what if our answer is no? You, you We don't want to hear it. We don't care. And I think that, the other side of fixing comedy is too, is like, you're not, you you, you know, in this conversation, I want to try and inject some lightness towards the end now that we've gotten, cause this is all great. But I think that one of the advantages, I've talked about this before, is there's a real advantage to being an asshole and to being a racist or a misogynist, which is that you don't care about anyone's feelings. So yeah, you get to be funnier about that topic to racists and misogynists. So it's this disadvantage that comedians are at. And that's why I thought, I think if we can brainstorm a sketch that has love too, on top of this one that we made, you know, that gives voice to those things, because there's this advantage that these horrible people have when they're comics or when they're filmmakers or when they're on YouTube. And that is, bar none, if you're not worried about, you know, the progress or the feelings of people that have been, you know, uh, kept down... And repressed sure it's a lot of fun and then you'll attract people who don't care about those things sure you're having a ton of fun and we are gonna sound like we're ruining that fun but there's a disadvantage there's a distinct writing disadvantage to our side to be like well how do we make not being mean fun do you know what I mean how do we how do we say like hey you know yeah if you don't care it's it's fun It's fun because you're getting to make jokes as opposed to us who we hear something and we're upset by it, rightfully so. And so now it's like, well, you're too sensitive. It's like, I don't think you're sensitive at all. Like, what's their level of sensitivity to it? And the answer is what they can get away with. You know?
1: Well, I also think they are sensitive, but to their own feelings. Yeah, That's true. It's about priority. So... Women are socialized and programmed to care and prioritize the emotional well-being of others. Like That is part of our conditioning, our social conditioning. And often, if you have a brother and you're a sister, you are programmed to prioritize his emotional well-being over your own. And this happens a lot in families. And this is part of patriarchal society, right? It's like you have your own psychological prison. You know, and it's like women are the physical majority. We are living in an apartheid because we give the power to men, even though they're more than us, more of us, more women than men. And I think that that is the thing that's worth noting is that both men and women are psychologically brainwashed by the patriarchy and both men and women equally suffer from this brainwashing. Mm -hmm. For men to not be able to hug another man sincerely, for men to not be able to open up about his feelings or his fears or his confusion. The amount that men are forced to keep in their emotional landscape is part of toxic masculinity. And women do. We have many opportunities to explore our inner worlds with our friends, with society, etc. You know, there's no shame for a woman to examine her emotional self. And there is genuine shame for men to do that. So, like, my personal flight is about reminding both men and women is the patriarchy is equally destructive to Mm -hmm. us both you know men having the pressure to be the sole provider all of these things I mean whatever I could go on a 40 minute monologue about capitalism which I will not do but I do think (laughs) that like it's really really important For the okay, the one thing that I want to say is like I have (laughs) I have only one more thing. Okay, I have curiosity about the male experience. Yeah, I really think about it, and I try to have empathy and compassion. And all I'm asking for is equal curiosity, equal empathy, equal compassion. We are not going to ever truly understand what it's like to be the opposite gender, but the intention of wanting to understand is like the only thing I personally am asking for. Yeah. Just try to understand.
0: Yeah, and and I think on that, because I don't want to comment on, uh, just for our listeners, we are doing a thing on toxic masculinity, it's transitioned from someone trying to make it a clinical term to a thing in real life. I think, as a side note to everyone, I've talked to experts about this and I think the word needs to be changed when it's used in a clinical sense because it's, it's, it's not going to get anyone to go into therapy, calling it that. but uh, Absolutely. I, I, I proposed a few ideas, and that, that's more with Randy Flood. Um, but on top of that, I think that that's, that's, it's so interesting, because everything you say, especially to people who have listened to the show all the way through so far, they'll hear this and go, man, that's their defense. Like you saying this stuff about curiosity. To them, they think what women want, and this is all not to, to, to make it a binary group. For the most part, these are people that are outwardly identifying as straight male, which is part of the problem as well. Some of them have said they, their identification may not be what they really feel, but they are outwardly identifying as straight men. And so what they think women want, which they're not talking about it in terms of living copacetically, they're talking about it in terms of heterosexual relationships. They have no concept of women being a part of the world outside of heterosexual relationships. But what, they're, what they believe women want is to, to to have it all figured out. So the idea of like I do with journalism where I go, I want to be the stupidest guy in the room. I want to be asking all the questions and get the opinions out of people, to them that's being weak. So mm-hmm. and that's stuff that exists in society. It exists as this misogynistic thing out there. But if you can accept that as normal, these things that people say is, as normal. And it's the same with commenting. We did an interview with a commenter who was, you know, had a nasty online voice. And they said, don't you want my feedback? And I was like, no, I want you to either enjoy the movie or not. I personally don't want your feedback. You know, I can get feedback from my peers. I can get feedback from people that can give me constructive criticism. But no, I don't think part of enjoying a movie is you writing this stuff and writing it in, in a way that isn't actually even constructive or about film or about comedy or whatever. You just want to write. And so it's this thing of like, well, it's normal. That's normal, isn't it? Normal that women really want. You've got uh, the object of a man is being, you know, really smart and figure and having everything already figured out, and that's what woos women. Well, hold on, wait, whoa! That first thing you said before we get to what woos women, that first thing you said, is not necessarily right, and so. When you have all this misogyny, it becomes, an easy, it becomes easy to indoctrinate people because they, they, it's floating out there. And so these ideas are normal. And the second sentence can be anything, right? That's my understanding of the group. Yes, the object of a man is being able to figure everything out. So you need to buy these books. The object of a man, the objective of a man is to, to, to you know, under he's i'll use the same sentence over and over again he's got everything figured out so therefore you need to go to my college the object of him and you can just that second sentence is can be anything that's where the manipulation comes in you need to join our political movement because we're just accepting misogyny which we can't we're not going to fix overnight but that's the real issue of how these things become cults is that we do have this long leash of misogyny where we assume that being a man is having everything figured out. And you've just heard now from a woman saying, just ask a question.
1: Be interested. Right, and I I think the thing worth noting is that all of this comes from places of truth. It just lacks nuance. So when a man is working under the assumption that, oh, I'm supposed to have everything figured out or a woman doesn't want to see me cry or any of these basic ideas that men have about what it is to be a man in a relationship, it comes from a place of truth because there is that expectation and there are women who share that expectation. But where I ask for nuance is to go into the programming of it Mm -hmm. and both women and men need to be deprogrammed. I mean, that's what we're doing right now is investigating the human condition beyond gender. Mm -hmm. So to say, to a man, I don't, th- I think it's irrational to say to a man, oh no, every woman will be totally fine with you being your full vulnerable sensitive self, because that's not true. Right. There are women who will reject men who act that way because they are brainwashed, not because <laughs> they are making a rational choice. They are literally brainwashed into what they think masculinity is. And unfortunately for us all, sexuality is the most mysterious force on the planet and we often conflate the rules of sexuality within the confines of emotional relationships and that is where everything becomes very confused because a man's like, well, a woman wants to be dominated in bed but then she wants me to do the dishes and tell her about my mother. Like, I don't understand what this bitch wants from me. And like, that's the problem. It's a complex system of sexuality, emotionality, spirituality, and philosophy, you know? And so like- When you look, I I do think that a lot of men complain, at least in my experience of this community, you know, which I have had some, Mm -hmm. it's like women like bad boys, you know, women want someone who treats them like shit. And I guarantee you what you have to do was understand the next step of that sentence, which is. Women like bad boys and men that treat them like shit because their self-esteem has been so severely damaged by the patriarchy and they think their only value is their sex and their beauty. It's not that they want someone to treat them like shit. It's that they've been conditioned to expect that. Yeah, you know, so it's like wow. having empathy for the female experience of like, why would a woman want that? There's a thousand years of reasons why women are drawn to a circumstance that's incredibly abusive to them, emotionally and physically, because they think that's all they deserve.
0: I think that's so, such a powerful statement. Let's. I want to. I want to just take a pause so that people can, uh, pacing wise, enjoy that. 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 I, like, I want. I, I want to just repeat it for people. If your thesis is as someone trying to convince people you know women women like bad boys the second part of that sentence is women like bad boys because they are also unjustly conditioned to believe that and you're just continuing a huge a huge problem um, that's that's a crazy powerful statement I, I wanna I wanna uh, interrupt a second to ask you about something because I think often in comedy the defense is we're, you, it's just supposed to be funny. And I think that the thing that is probably starkly interesting to out people outside of me and you, like, these are the philosophies that go into every joke, even if it's stupid, even if it's one line in something. And I think that The accusation is, well, I'm a comic. I shouldn't just have to self-reflect. And I wanted to know after everyone hearing this very powerful, impassioned, incredibly insightful thing, your focus and our focus is really making things funny, you know, even if it's correct information. And so, like, I think people may think, oh, well, she's going off on this thing that's separate to it. It's like, no, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, this is part of how you treat your audience and how you think an audience wants to be treated when you make content right
1: my goal is to make ideas digestible and so comedy is the platform that i felt was the most digestible platform to get out my ideas like i guess Mm -hmm. the thing i am most in life is a philosopher And comics are modern day philosophers. You know, like I'm not going to get paid to just knock on your door and be like, let's talk about the nature of existence. (laughs) But you give me a microphone, you put me in a club. It's my goal to talk about deep issues and my challenge is to figure out a way to make it palatable, to make it interesting, to make it engaging. And humor is a way to break down the defenses of people to make human connections. You know, and sometimes I miss the mark, sometimes I don't. But my ultimate goal is about connection, it's about thought, and it's about progressing human consciousness in the best way I know how, because that's the journey I'm on. And comedy is just what brings me personal joy in the meantime. It's
0: it's 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 such a powerful thing. And so while while we're while we're there, um, here's what I think we'll do with the last few minutes of the show. Let's let's brainstorm an idea of how to create a sketch that you and I can make that is about using. And in the documentary, this will all be here, us discussing and doing the podcast. This is all in it. This is all part of it because the podcast is about the journey of making the documentary, which is, could not be a nerdier sentence ever said in the world, is I have a podcast <laughs> about the journey of making a documentary. And that'll go online and we'll have posts and pictures about the podcast, about the journey, about making the documentary on a frog, on a log, on a hole in the bottom of the sea.
1: <laughs>
0: so, so let's spend the last few minutes here brainstorming a way to get this idea of love out to people. Oh, wait, I forgot a thing. The only thing I cut out and this is about that interest in the genuine interest in what I didn't know and taking genuine interest. The only thing I cut out of the document of, of our sketch was we had some jokes. You had originally some jokes about masturbation and I, and I even left one in about masturbation, um, in the sketch in the, in this, in, the, in the, 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 script to see if, if I felt it would work. Meek don't masturbate. So, um, I felt it wasn't true to the group. And I'll say this too, in terms of making men feel good, masturbate. Turn off the podcast right now and go masturbate. You might feel better. Don't do it in front of other people, but, or, or unless they want that. But just go into a private place and masturbate. It's okay to, to masturbate. I can say that with all clinical availability. And so I had to cut that out because that wouldn't connect with a MGTOW seeing that or any of these guys seeing that because they do have uncomfortability with their sexuality, not just with women it's with themselves and not masturbating is a big part of it. And in an upcoming interview, we've met some people who were on the spectrum towards ACE or Demi, that's asexual or or, Demi sexual who, uh, joined this group because they didn't understand that. And so, Hey, masturbate, it might feel good or don't masturbate. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, (laughs) But either way, follow your heart with, with, with these desires. So, let's do with the last few minutes here which i I guess i guess wait i wanted to ask you about that i'm kind of skipping past it did you know that they that a lot of these groups don't masturbate
1: yeah i've definitely heard that and i think when i um yeah i i've heard that i don't know if i i think the thing is um it's interesting it's about like a resistance of pleasure and ultimately like a resistance of Mm self-love which i think or shame around it. Like, I'm not sure I 100% believe that none of them do, but I definitely oh, no, think no, that no, it's... No, no, way. Yeah. I think it's definitely part of the um, of the rhetoric. It's like, you're not deserving. It's part of the control. I mean, controlling someone's body is how you control their mind. So I see why that is something that's kind of like part of the whole system because it's part
0: of the control. So let's 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 get into if we can and if it's funny or if it's not let's think of a sketch that we can do that's like it'll show Well okay
1: up. so what i'm thinking and you know it it's interesting like as a as a comedian I have to put myself at the butt of the joke in order for it to land with an audience. You know, it's like if I'm just talking about other people, it's not vulnerable, it's not really engaging, it's not interesting. But if you can figure out a way to make yourself part of the joke, then it's more digestible. So I think if our goal is to actually kind of spark some interest within the community that we're talking about and not just, you know putting it out there for people that are already converts of our ideas. Mm-hmm. I think that making we have to make fun of ourselves oh, as yeah. well in, in, in an equal degree. So I agree there is something funny um, to me about like, you know, there's like gay conversion therapy. You know, there could be like a MGTOW conversion therapy session.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe like maybe like the idea of. You know like like brain brain brainwashing like but not brainwashing, maybe like lessons like on an explicit level that doesn't make any sense, like we could have emotional situations like you, you know like 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 someone dies, you know, and I'm there there crying or something, and you know you're you're like this. You're this like lessons person, like you know how they have they used to have audio commentary, they used to like have a little video, and now that's coming back too. Like maybe it's like now, hold on a minute, you're crying about your dead grandma, but that's not gonna get you any tail. Like, <laughs> like going through these, going through the way they see it, it's like here's what you should do at a funeral: laugh and eat some ice cream, you know, <laughs> like, like 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 show how these ideas. Like, well, oh, but then again, is that is that the same path? Is that like? not showing, like, like love towards, towards them. See, that's the line. Too.
1: Well, I guess the reality is is that you have to love your... I mean, this is such a cliche statement, but it's very true. You have to have love and compassion for yourself to have love and compassion for others. Yeah. So the arrogance of, like, being a misogynist is actually hiding deep insecurity, right? It's like, so maybe it's about, like, a self-love. You know, it's like in order to convert anyone to be compassionate, they have to first figure out how to love themselves. So it could be like a self-love ceremony, self-love camp, you know? <laughs> oh my God, self-love camp with like really, cr- you know, like- I, Oh, I got it, I got it. It's like
0: self-love camp and we can get, and we like with COVID, we can figure out a way to do it. But like, it's self-love camp, but everyone's going around and it, like, just to show how people are sort of not giving a space for these people that feel these things. And everyone's going around, and it's very hippy-dippy. And they're like, you know, I used to be this person. I didn't, I couldn't admit my, my faults. And, you know, I used to say mean stuff about my brother after I got off the phone with him. And everyone's like, that's okay. And you want to change that? It's like, I do. I want to change that. And everyone goes around and says these things. And then someone's like, well, you know, I used to be in a group that believed women are different than men. And now I'm. Now I, I'm out of it. And then everyone freaks out. Everyone's just like, what? How could you? B-? I was like, no, but I I don't, I don't believe it anymore. I don't care. You're once a sinner, always a sinner. And people are like, like, like this resistance at the camp. We could do like all these different exercises and things. But every time... The, the misogynist says that they used to have a problem with misogyny like everyone is horrible to them and they're just like not loving at all.
1: Yeah, 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 I
0: love it. I it's, love it. We yeah. go through like every like it's like today we're going to do the rope climb and it's like let's see how you do the rope climb and they just push him in the mud and stuff. It's just like Right, like, just
1: like how yes, I like that cuz it's 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 demonstrating both the need for self-love and the hypocrisy of like well I'll just for better words just like the cancel culture and how we just go from a place of judgment like hyper judgment versus the hyper judgment of that these people receive and then the need for self-love so those two in conjunction with each other will create comedy gold
0: I like it I think it's a great I think it's a great thing I will But I always like to, I, Tony, you got to come back on and be, and and co-host another episode. Like we'll do like, maybe we'll do one of the, the interviews we do and, and you can have clips and things if you have time, but we'll definitely do this sketch.
1: Oh yeah. I love the sketch idea. I'd love to come back. It's super fun. This is definitely a topic that I care a lot about. And
0: so I'll give you, I'd like to
1: think about. Yeah.
0: I'll give you kind of the last, uh, the last little sound bite here. Before we set sa- because I'm treating you as if it's a guest situation in case you don't come back out. So last little soundbite here to, to to everyone and don't worry about plugs. I'll do that stuff.
1: Is the best thing that you can do in life is to heal your own trauma. Beautiful. As that's the only way you're gonna be able to heal the world, is you heal your own trauma first. I love that. That's great. Okay. Awesome. All right, thank you so much. I'm gonna stop recording on my end.